Get Out of Jail Free, my weekly market review, March 19th, 2023. A week following three major US bank failures that then saw two other banks sell very close to the wind, ended with stock markets higher. The S&P 500 was up 1.4% for the week and the NASDAQ closed 4.4% higher. Anyone who claims they can predict this stuff is such a liar. Monday was the largest trading volume day so far this year on US exchanges, a record that lasted until Friday when it was surpassed, and saw a bloodbath for shares of many regional banks on the back of the failures of Silvergate, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Bank, amid fears of financial contagion. These types of institutions are more reliant on net interest income, the difference between what they borrow and lend for, than larger Wall Street institutions, which have additional diversified revenue sources, including investment banking, trading, and wealth management. None fared worse than First Republic Bank, whose stock plunged almost 70% on Monday before rallying back later in the week after it got assurances of some protection from the regulators and financial propping up from its Wall Street banking pals like JP Morgan and Wells Fargo. It then slumped again on Friday after the bank announced that its dividends were a thing of the past. For the third week running, there were extraordinary shifts in the market's perception of what the Fed will do this week at its March 22nd meeting. The idea being that in such a jumpy environment, the Fed could not risk jacking rates up very far, if at all. Indeed, there was a feeling that this turmoil could be the Fed's get-out-of-jail-free card, meaning that the banking crisis gives it the perfect cover to scale back or even pause its rate hikes, maintaining credibility in doing so by citing uncertainty in the banking sector as the legitimate reason. This idea that the fallout from the crisis might help do the Fed's job for it pushed non-financial stocks considerably higher for much of Monday's trading session. And once again, the stock market priced in imminent pivots and pauses, having just got burned by doing exactly this literally only a month ago. Interest rates on two-year and 10-year treasury bonds, which should be boring, but have been acting like crazy biotech stocks lately, slumped hard, driving bond prices higher. The two-year fell from above 5% to 4% in just three trading sessions. The technical term for this is a friggin' massive move. Not seen since the Bengals were advising us all to walk like an Egyptian in 1987. As you will have seen in last week's report, the futures market-based probability of a half percent hike by the Fed this week ended the previous week at 68%. By Monday evening, that probability was priced at zero, where it remained all week. The likelihood of no change at all in rates being announced on Wednesday, priced at zero for months now, ended last week at 38%. Goldman Sachs analysts even came right out and said it. They think the Fed will leave rates unchanged as a result of what is happening in the financial sector. The remaining 62% probability said that a quarter of a point rise was on the cards. The market has now priced in large interest rate cuts by year end, with the probability of rates being lower than the current 4.625% 
now at 99% and a two in three chance that rates will be below 4% by New Year's Eve. This turnaround is quite astonishing when you look at the comparisons of where these probabilities were just a week ago and a month ago. Before the market opened last Tuesday morning, we learned that in the 12 months through February, the overall consumer price index, CPI, measure of retail inflation rose 6% compared to 6.4% the previous month. The January to February monthly rise was 0.4%. The year-on-year core CPI rate, which excludes more volatile food and energy costs, was 5.5% down a touch from the prior month. These readings were all broadly in line with expectations and supported a narrative that while inflation is still a problem and the 2% Fed target remains pretty far away, the overall trajectory is still disinflationary, even if it's not as steep as the Fed would like. This was broadly confirmed by the producer price index, PPI, measure of wholesale inflation experienced by manufacturers which came out the next day better than expected. The market's reaction to the CPI report dovetailed with the emerging lower or even no rate hike expectations, as well as with an exhale when it came to assessing bank contagion risk. And this all drove stock prices nicely higher on Tuesday. Fears that another shoe was dropping, however, emerged on Wednesday when shares of troubled Swiss bank Credit Suisse fell over 27% in pre-market trading amid reports that its Saudi sugar daddy had ruled out any further financial assistance. Now, anyone even half paying attention knows that Credit Suisse has been a dead bank walking for months now. It's even been previously mentioned in this very publication. Quite why everybody was acting so shocked on Wednesday that a crap 2 to $3 stock of an institution already shown to have been involved in facilitating international drug dealing, global espionage, malicious and deliberate data leaks of client information, government corruption in Africa, complicity with fraudulent billionaires and hedge funds and more became even crappier is a bit of a mystery to me. But regardless, the previous day's stock market gains were swiftly vaporized. The schizophrenic feel continued for the rest of the week. Thursday saw markets move solidly back higher again, as Switzerland announced it would essentially backstop Credit Suisse, and the zero small rate hike narrative re-emerged. Friday was always going to be wild, as it was one of the four triple witching days that happen each year when individual stock options, stock index options, and stock index futures contracts all expire on the same day, leading to significant position covering. Kerosene was thrown on the fire by something of a re-examination by investors of what had initially been thought to be the good First Republican Credit Suisse news from the day before, and another pretty substantial down day was the result. All eyes now turn to Wednesday afternoon and the Fed's interest rate decision and Jerome Powell's associated press conference And for the first time in a long time, it's actually a little unclear which way they'll go. I'm on team quarter of a point rise right now, but we'll have to get through the rest of this weekend, plus two more days of banking sector news narratives before we learn the outcome. It'll be an interesting week, and I suggest strapping in.